welcome to you. This morning we are coming to the end of our reading of the book of Ephesians, and it has been a wonderful journey. Um, this series we have entitled Stand Firm. It's the very last talk in that series this morning. I am going to dive straight into Ephesians, the end of that letter, chapter 6. And we're going to start reading at verse 10. If you were here last week, these verses may sound a little familiar, but they, they bear repeating. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done Sorry, to stand firm then, and after you have done everything, to stand. I'm going to pause there. Andy's, <coughs> excuse me, Andy spoke on those verses last week. It was so helpful. If you missed it, go online. You can always catch up. Two main things that he spoke about. First of all, recognizing that if we are followers of Jesus, we are in a battle. We're in a battle. And secondly, the importance of recognizing and knowing our enemy. And it occurred to me that when we realize the scale of that battle, we might be tempted to overreact. If you Google health and safety overreactions, the screen lights up. It's easy to overreact when we see a risk. So we read silly stories like the school sports day them not being allowed to have a bouncy castle or a sack race in case a child falls over. There's a risk. We could look at the risks, and we could be put off getting involved. We could decide to keep our heads down. Let's read what the theologian Tom Wright says in his commentary on these very verses. He says this, what we have in this passage, and what I believe is required again and again as Christians face the daily and yearly battle for the kingdom, is a sober, realistic assessment, both of the struggle we're engaged in, we did that last week, and of the weapons at our disposal. So that's what we're going to do this morning as we follow on. We know there's a battle how can we be ready for it? I'm going to carry on reading more about this armor of God that Paul has referred to. So we carry on from verse 14. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know where Paul is sitting when he writes this letter? Do you know where he is? Prison. He's in prison. He wrote several letters from prison. I always think that if I were in a prison cell, I'd probably write letters that were slightly less inspiring than Paul's. <laughs> um, we're really blessed by his letters from prison. So there he is. He's in his prison cell, and he is probably chained to a Roman guard. And so he has this fabulous visual aid right in front of him, and he uses it. And his message is that we need to put on the soldier's armor that God gives us that we can stand, so that we can stand our ground. In fact, in verses 11 to 14, Paul tells us to stand or to stand firm at least four times, depending on the translation you look at. He is obviously concerned about our stability. You see, the enemy is going to do all he can to knock us off our feet. Wobbly Christians get picked off. We need the right footwear to stand firm. I love that the picture we used for our Stand Firm series shows somebody in a pair of hiking boots. I like going walking, and I have a great pair of boots and I was reminded that on one walking holiday, there was a, um, a small mountain in the middle of the island I was visiting. And there was a cable car down the other side. And there was quite a challenging walk up the mountain. More challenging, I have to say, than I would normally tackle. But I set up, set off. There was a bit of scrambling involved, a little bit of pulling myself up, some rocky, steep um, cliff faces. Um, oh, I'm exaggerating now. It wasn't that bad. But the boots, the boots were great. They gave me the traction that I needed for what I was doing. We didn't see many other people doing it, so I was quite proud of my achievement. Near the top, I was astonished to see a tourist coming in our direction, intending to head down the mountain, wearing flip-flops. I did my best to warn her, but she went off down the hill, slipping, sliding. I hope either she turned back or she was okay. Verse 15 here talks about our feet being fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What the Roman soldier had was protective footwear, supportive footwear, because the soldier needed to march and he needed to stand guard for long periods of time. And we need the right boots to take a stand. That means that there are certain principles that you will not compromise. It means that there are some things that you have a conviction about and you hold firm to. And it is the gospel that gives us that firm footing. You know, Satan will always offer us a compromise. We've been hearing about the secular belief at the moment that we just make up our own truth. That is not for us as followers of Jesus. Do not be deceived. 
So we stand firm in our boots. And we have, verse 14 says, the belt of truth buckled around our waist. Many of us today feel confident because we have a belt holding up our trousers. In those days, you used a belt to make sure that they were ready for movement. So the men in those days wore quite flowing robes that you trip over. So you hitched them up, secured them with a belt, and then you were ready to go. People would have be, um, related to this picture. The Roman soldier wore a, a tunic, but he still needs to get it belted up, ready for action. And we need to be ready for battle. It, you know, when times are hard, we still find ourselves saying, why me? Why is this happening to me? We shouldn't be taken by surprise like that. Jesus told so many stories about that teachers to be prepared and be watchful. Second thing we can do is guard our hearts and our minds. When we venture into dangerous territory, we need to protect our vital organs. That's where armor covers, isn't it? Proverbs 4 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so here in verse 14, we're told about the breastplate of righteousness covers our heart. That's all about our relationship with God. It's not my righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness, and he has made it possible for me to be accepted by God. I know that because verse 17, I can put on my helmet of salvation. I've been saved. I have already been rescued from the enemy's clutches. Isaiah 12 says this, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. Now the enemy wants us to doubt this. He's deceitful. He points out my inadequacies. He points out your weaknesses. He will put temptation our way. But we are children of God. The enemy has no hold on me. Jesus has died to save me, and I already belong in his family. Amen? What greater spiritual protection can there be than that? But there's more. There's more. Over and above all this armor, verse 16 says, we have a shield of faith that we can put up to protect us. Now, the Roman shields came in various shapes and sizes, but they were usually made of iron, but they were covered. I don't know if you know this. I didn't. They're covered in animal hide, so they're covered in leather. And what they used to do before they went into battle was they soaked the leather. Funny thing to do, make it heavier. It's because people used to fire flaming arrows at them. And when the arrow hit the wet leather, it would be extinguished. 
So what are the flaming arrows coming your way at the moment? Those arrows might be um, disappointment, might be difficult circumstances like ill health or worries about money. Or we might be being attacked by flaming arrows of lust, fear, doubt. The shield of faith is all about us taking hold of God's promises. We hold on to our faith that God has already won this battle for us. Christ died, but he rose again. That final battle over death has been won. We can have faith that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. John chapter 4. And then we come to the sword of the Spirit in verse 17. All the bits of armor that we've been looking at so far rely, have you noticed, on knowing and using God's word, understanding what God's word says to us. But they've been defensive, meant to withstand attack. Now, in verse 17, we see the word of God as a weapon, a weapon of attack. Hebrews 4.12 describes the word of God as sharper than any two-edged sword. And Jesus showed us how to use this sword. Do you know the story of him in the wilderness being tempted by Satan? And each time Satan tries to tempt Jesus to use his power inappropriately, what does Jesus do? He contradicts his enemy with the truth of the scriptures. And I wonder, are we equipped to do the same? I found this book on my bookshelf. It's really old. It's called Seeing the Bible Whole, and it's a four-month Bible reading guide. It gives you an overview of the Bible. When I was um, young, my parents didn't go to church, but they sent me for some reason, which was great. Um, and uh, when I was a baby, they had me baptized, and they made promises on my behalf, as did my godmother, who, bless her soul, prayed for me every day for all, all of her uh, 99 years. But when I was a teenager, I came to know Jesus for myself. And I remade those promises in a service that's called Confirmation in the Church of England. And at that service, I was given this as a gift. And inside, is, I see it signed by the vicar and signed by the bishop who performed the service. They were wise men. You see, they knew that the journey I was embarking on I needed to read the Word of God. Now, as I say, this is an old book. For those of you who, and there are some of you, if I tell you how the book costs 30 pence, <laughs> but this is the killer. In brackets afterwards, it says six shillings. <laughs> Back in the day when those of us who remember it had to be reminded what that new currency was all about. It's an old book. Many years have gone by. And I've had many seasons of using books like that and more recently online tools to read the Bible daily. 
I've had other seasons where I've read the whole Bible in a year. I've also had seasons of only opening my Bible on a Sunday. I know that the seasons where I delighted in God's Word and read it regularly were those periods of time when I stood a lot firmer. I stood a lot firmer. I want to warn you that one of the lies that the enemy will tell you is that you're alone, that you're in a battle and you're all on your own and nobody else understands. Even the great prophet Elijah fell for that one. Great prophet Elijah did great things and then he got tired, um, he dropped his guard, he got discouraged, he even really felt like ending his life. And he says this to God, situation's hopeless and you've abandoned all of us. Sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? Sometimes we get to that place. And what does God say to him? He says, you are not alone, Elijah. You're not alone. There are many, many people out there on the battlefield with you. And they are taking the same sort of stand that you are. So don't retreat. Don't be afraid. And God says the same thing to us today. This armor that we've been talking about, it's worn by an individual, isn't it? It's worn by um, one person. But this is not the story of a single person rushing across the battlefield and heroically taking out an entire enemy army. That only happens in the movies. It's true that as individuals, we have a role to play. We hold our bit of the line, standing firm. But wars are not won by a single person. They're won by vast armies, groups of people working together in harmony. So you know in the Old Testament, King David had his mighty men. Paul, who writes this letter, travels with a group of assistants. Jesus spread the kingdom with his 12 disciples. So hear this this morning. You cannot stand firm in a time of war if you try to stand alone. Don't be alone. Don't get isolated. A few weeks ago, I was feeling quite low. I was um, physically and, and mentally. I had too much to do. felt a bit overwhelmed by it. I messaged a friend. She prayed for me. I still had too much to do, <laughs> but my perspective on those challenges had changed completely. So I wonder, when you feel vulnerable, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Sorry to tell you, they do not exist. But seriously, who would you contact? If you can't think of somebody straight away, then I do urge you to put that right. We would love to stand alongside you. Speak to somebody on the Connect desk at the back. Message Rob. 
Those of us who are living in this day of evil, we need one another. We need the church. You need the support of a small group. We're going to send around now some baskets that you're very welcome, please, to take one of these out of. You might recognize them, but it's a long time since the beginning of the series when we first looked at these. And so I thought it was worthwhile just bringing us full circle and reminding us what this series has all been about. We've talked about the twin pillars of standing firm, getting into God's word and staying connected with others. And what this card does is it just enables you to signal something. It can just be a commitment to yourself. For example, on the left-hand side, you can just say, right, I am going to get into the Bible every day. I'm going to sign up for the theological training, maybe. I'm going to be part of a small group. And then if you want help with that, if you need a Bible, if you need help um, signing up for uh, the theological studies, or you would just like even to talk to one of us about a Bible reading plan. We heard about the Advent one that's now available. You can tear off the right-hand side and hand it in. Let's finish our reading of Ephesians chapter 6. Just the remaining few verses from uh, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the, God's pe all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I guess most of us pray sometimes for some of God's people. Here Paul urges the church to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So my, I'm going to end by urging us, would you pray for the people around you today? Because we are all in this battle together. And would you remember our leaders and our pastors on the front line do you notice in verse 19, Paul, St. Paul, the Apostle Paul, says he needs their prayers. You won't always know specific things that they, people need prayer for, but that's not an excuse not to pray. You can pray for protection, you can pray for blessing, and like Paul asks here, you can pray for the right words to preach the gospel. You can pray for wisdom dealing with difficult situations. You can pray for the right words in tough conversations. We can all pray for one another's relationships, for our marriages, for those who are inevitably hurting in some way. We need brothers and sisters wrapping around us, helping us and strengthening us. 
So this is the whole armor of God that's available to us. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel boots and the faith shield, salvation's helmet and the spirit's sword. God supplies this armor, but it's not enough to say, oh, Kim, that's very interesting. Helpful to know it's available. We need to put it on. I was reminded of something that we saw quite frequently in recent years during the pandemic when we were all urged to wear masks. Got a picture? We have the protection, but we need to put it on. It's available. It's not enough to know that the protection is there. We need to take it up. And that is God's invitation to us this morning. To be ready for battle, to stand firm. Let's say, thank you. I'm going to put that armor on, Lord.